0: In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on, and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew.
1: Hey, friends. Welcome into In the Lab. This is the second time we've done it on YouTube, as well as on the audio file Mm -hmm. that you're listening to right now. But Drew Doherty, my good pal John Harris, we do this every single Tuesday, give or take. And... Here's a table of contents today, John. Okay. We're going to do some over-unders. Okay, cool. It's for the 2020 Texans season. I like that. I like over-unders. And it's fun. We can do it now. And yep. then we'll do it again in late May, early June, because it'll be a whole different set of characters and we'll yeah. have it'll be more crystallized. But from far out, Hubble Telescope will do a, an over-under. Second one, we're going to talk about <laughs> one rule that we saw this weekend from the XFL that we'd like applied to the NFL. Okay. And thirdly. And finally, we're going to pick one USFL player because we're old and we remember the USFL player that we'd like to see in his prime on the current Texans roster. You cool with that? I'm cool with that. Before I- we get into over and unders, though, John, we've got to start with just some pure, unadulterated joy. And we start it here.
0: My boy B White in the Bentley truck. Oh, yeah. I see your boy. Hey, represent, baby. Yeah. Okay. Yo.
1: Big party. Okay, that was some fan on the streets of Houston. Pulls up next to Deshaun Watson. That ensued, and I thought that was kind of cool. I saw it last night on Twitter, and I loved it. I mean, that's how I react when I see Deshaun. Yeah. I like Deshaun's – I like I liked his, his his reaction, too. He was cool. He just kind of, you know, like smiled. It was and,
0: just, you know, kind of typical Deshaun. Yeah, it's like yeah. when you see him and always, it's like, yo, yeah, what's up? Yeah, he's yeah just... I mean, he's – he just has that. He has that way. He just he's just he cool. enjoys life. It yeah, seems like. I mean, he just he's very he's very cool in how he does things, and yeah. I, and I like that as opposed to other quarterbacks that aren't so cool.
1: Cool and accommodating. Not, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, too yeah. cool,
0: of course. Right. So,
1: yeah. all right, you're cool too. So let's get going here. Over under, John. Okay. JJ Watt in 2020 will have 10 sacks. Over or under that? He was under it well, this year. Obviously, he was way over it last year in 2018.
0: I think if he, I mean, if we're if sta- if he's staying healthy for sixteen games, and yes. I think I think he will be. I think he's so. If 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 you did if you wanted to do some mathematical conversion and just say okay, ten sacks per year is like five eighths, which is like point six seven five sacks per game. I'm just saying ten straight up. I, I I think he'll get there. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll get there. I don't know what I can't remember what his number was in 2019. I think it was six six and a half in the eight games that he played, which is about right there. I mean, if you get if you get double digits out of out of JJ, I think this year, then a couple things have probably happened. Number one, you've gotten either really good production out of other guys that are now attracting some of the attention to allow JJ to get to the quarterback, um, or maybe you've you've added a guy that you know maybe a Robert Quinn uh, in mm-hmm. free agency. I don't know. You maybe you've added somebody like that that garners the respect such that that player ends up getting some chips and some double teams, or Whitney is drawing. You know, some double teams or, you know, maybe Jacob Martin is just a holy terror and he is getting some double teams and chips. The other thing about it, too, is I think that J.J. rushing from the inside is lethal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's lethal. And I think there have been stretches over his career where he's done more of that. There are stretches over his career where he's done less of that. And I think it's been dependent on who the Texans have.
1: Earlier in his career is when he was more inside. Right. When he was, right, when he was more inside. And in right. the last three, four years. Right almost exclusively used him outside right
0: and he's exactly but this past year when he would go inside cause problems he would wreck shop now it's probably probably a little easier to double him when he does go inside but when he's on the move that's when it's tough a lot of times he got to the quarterback this year when he would start maybe in a, a four or four eye and then dart inside over the center because you get some things happening, you're slanting, you're moving, and then boom, J.J. all of a sudden pops around all that and he shows up on your center and your center is kind of sliding with some of those and all of a sudden here comes J.J. and those centers aren't quick enough to slide back. So J.J. got a lot of pressure. In fact, Whitney's first interception against New Orleans, that's what J.J. did. He started out wide and then he darted back inside and Breeze had to get off the spot. And when he got off the spot, he threw to where he thought Latavius Murray was. Whitney was there and picked it off. Yeah. And that, I think, is, ha- is really a problem. And it was really captured, I thought, very, very well by Peyton Manning on the show Detail. If you know the show Detail, it started uh, Kobe Bryant, RIP, Mamba. He started a show where he essentially is off camera. You don't see Kobe at all. And he would assess a game that he was watching. He would take it to various parts of the game. He would kind of telestrate the game. And so he got Peyton to do it for football. And so Peyton was doing one on Jacoby Brissett. He's always focused on the quarterbacks. But he even said, he's like, look, I know I'm focused on the quarterbacks on this, but I want you all to watch what J.J. Watt's doing to the Indianapolis Colts. And he was phenomenal. And a lot, of that, a lot of that day, he was darting inside and winning inside to get the Jacoby Brissett and pushing him off the spots. Fortunately, in that game, he was about the only one doing it. Because Jacoby was able to sit and kind of pick apart, and, of course and the secondary, was Peyton not.
1: Manning too remembers getting smoked oh, yeah. by J.J. White. There's and his no question back in the day. and no plus question. they share the same agent. So, so I'm going,
0: I'm going, yeah. I'm going over. Yeah, I, I I'm think, going over. Healthy for 16 games, I'm going
1: over. Yeah, and I think no matter who's around him, I don't. I mean, I think he's going to get his. It might not be much more than 10, but if he has help, it's going to be a lot more than 10. But yeah, yeah. even if he doesn't, he's still going to get
0: those 10. So by me saying over, my my point in that is, I do believe he will get some help. Yeah. Uh, at at and he'll get it from, you know, those guys we talked about, Jacob Martin, Duke Edge of four coming back from the Achilles, Whitney Merciless. I do. Th- I do think a key in that ends up being Charles Menehu. Yeah, I think he's, Charles Menehu be ends too. up being yeah. a really big factor, because I think Charles takes a year one, a year two jump. And we saw him do that at Texas. I think Chuck's going to have a I think Chuck's going to have a pretty good year.
1: He's been soaking up a lot. He's he's a very studious player. You always see him picking the brains of the guys around him in the yeah, locker room. So exactly. I, I think and you hear about it, too after the fact as well. So, good things coming from Charles Omenihu perhaps. 30 touchdown passes for Deshaun oh. Watson. Not for the team of quarterbacks, but for Deshaun himself. Does that happen, over or under? It's got to happen at the, some point, The Texans right? have never had a quarterback throw for more than 29 in a season.
0: Isn't that wild? In I mean, that's the magic number, 30. Yeah. I'm going I'm to say over. It's It's got to happen. I mean, Deshaun only played in 15 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't play in that last yep. game. So... It, do some simple math. Fifteen times two is thirty. So it's an average of two touchdowns per game. And there have been obviously games where Sean's had four or five touchdowns, and right. some he's not had any. But I I feel like thirties. It's, it's gotta happen. Mark has been clamoring for it. I remember the very almost the, the very first discussion that we had on Texans radio. He talked about that number.
1: Well, you know what kind of trimmed he didn't get it this year. You know what kind of trimmed it. This year, hit seven touchdown runs. So yeah. he ran it in a bunch. Right. And like you said, he did not play a single like yeah. the, the one game.
0: So you factor those two things in. Right. Give him two in that final game. Take three of those rushing touchdowns. That's five plus the 26 he threw. That's 31. Yeah. Done.
1: Next. Or just or just give him two more and let him rest that final game
0: like you did the, this year.
1: Because you, know? yeah, you, want, you want the rest.
0: I'd rather, yeah, so I'd you're really over
1: there. The OK, yeah. I'll go there. The Texans will have...
0: A 1,000-yard rusher. Wait, can we have the rest in the bye week? Because that worked for Mahomes. Say what? I'd rather have the rest during the bye week. I'd rather be playing week 17. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Because Lamar and them didn't play in week 17, then had a bye week, and it looked like crap the following week in the division playoff.
1: And I guess guess Deshaun... And company didn't look as great. Although he, he was twenty of twenty-five in the Buffalo Bills game, I thought he looked good the Buffalo game. I don't, I don't. Yeah, think early was... going. They just they kind of started and stopped in the first half. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was just the, that kind of thing. They just couldn't yeah. couldn't score any points. Just couldn't put any points on the board for whatever reason. I don't know,
1: man. I, I just love it going into Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, having everything so oh, nice. Oh,
0: I love that, and you don't have to worry about stuff. Don't next get week. me wrong, I, I love that, but I want the know, buy. I, want the he, buy. I, I I want the I want a buy. I'll play Week 17, but give me the buy. Give gotcha. the whole team the buy for Week 17.
1: Okay. Okay, right, next cool. one. Sorry, I jumped in front. The Texans will have a 1,000-yard rusher this season. They Had one this year in Carlos Hyde. Will it happen in 2020? I'm
0: going to say
1: no. I don't think so either because I think Duke Johnson's going to cut into whoever's running yeah. the
0: ball, cut into that guy's carries. I, I would th- – this is – and I don't know. I, I, I hope they get something done with Carlos Hyde because I like what Carlos brought to the offense. He just had that. You know, every team you'd like to have that guy, and it's funny because when I was coaching, I had that guy. I played him at fullback most of the time, but when I felt like I just wanted to assert my my offensive line's dominance and just kind of take over the game, I could put my fullback at tailback, and then I had another tailback who played linebacker for me, and I could just I could just pound on you a little bit. And I just I like that feeling that I can do that. And Carlos is more than just a banger. That's that's a That's what I found out this year that I always thought about him, but I I sort of felt like he had resorted, not resorted, but he had kind of turned into, uh, he's just a banger, but he's not. He's a physical runner, but he's, he's a lot more skilled and seeing it up close for 16 weeks, I thought that was very evident. So I hope they bring him back, but along those lines, I do agree with you. I do think that Duke Johnson can and will cut into some of those yards. So I think your total rushing yards might grow but I don't think that you'll have a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah. So you might have Carlos with you know 900, but you might get Duke Johnson to Up 650, six, yeah. 700, which I would be completely fine with. Now,
1: Caught 43 passes did Duke Johnson.
0: Yeah. The flip side of that is is if you don't bring Carlos back and you have Duke, you've got to have somebody to go with him. And as much as I love Duke, I think the way that you would want to use Duke, you wouldn't get 1,000 yards out of him. But what you might get is... Seven seven fifty rushing, six six hundred. I'm sorry, six hundred six fifty receiving. I kind of now you combine for about thirteen fourteen hundred yards.
1: And I kind of think we're going to hear from Karan Higdon. I do too, as a third back.
0: And I, 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 I think if you
1: have three guys running it, you're you're not going to see a thousand yard rusher because I, I, I t- we heard last off season the Texans don't want to just rely on two guys like they had last year when it was just Lamar Miller and just Alfred Blue. Right with Three carries, maybe, from Deontay Ford. I think they want want three guys going, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, here was one that was really weird. I was When you look at it, after what they did in 2018, they were second in the NFL in turnover differential, the Texans were. Mm-hmm. This year, they were middle of the pack, and they were even. They, they had a zero in turnover differential. I was surprised by that, so plus two. Will the Texans be plus two or better than plus two in turnover differential? Or I guess if you want to be technical – Plus one and a half in turnover differential. Will that happen?
0: Well, I think this question and the first question are tied together about JJ with mm-hmm. sacks. And I, I know, I understand that if you get a sack, you when can't get a When you got him screaming off
1: the edge, you're, you're causing problems. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I guess you can't have a sack and interception, but you can have a sack and a fumble mm-hmm. recovery. And I do think when JJ went out, generating turnovers probably took a step back a little bit, obviously, minus the Tampa Bay game where. Well, they it intercepted it Jamis absolutely Winston.
1: it absolutely did. For the first six weeks of the season the Texans were above water right. they're plus two-ish right. and then they really I think seven of nine six of eight the final yeah they were they were every game they were they were minus in that I time. just
0: I you, you we talk about it we talk about it in theory and a lot of times like hey JJ helps this team get a lot of turnovers and I think some people are like well wait a second well how, how does he do that and you just think about a quarterback and and being in, on time and being on rhythm and Jacoby Brissett in that game against the Colts, uh, game against the Colts, you know, he got in such a rhythm with the way that he was throwing the football and JJ would disrupt it when he was able to get there and then the Colts are like, all right, we got to put two three guys on him to be yeah. able to do that and he just got in rhythm. But when a quarterback has to throw the ball a shade early or when his feet aren't set, those are all things that lead to lead to turnovers and and that's something that JJ. And, and, you know, people talk about the pass rush, and that's what the pass rush ends up doing. So, now you got to have guys in the back end that can take advantage of it, guys that are ball hawks that can go find the football wherever it is, read quarterback's eyes, be ready to break on the ball when the ball is thrown, not when they expect it to be thrown, all that kind of stuff. So I do think they can get the plus two, and I think a lot of it has to do with J.J. I think a lot of it has to do with the pass rush. Um, and I do think whatever additions come their way in the secondary, those guys have got to have Tremendous ball skills. And I, and I was watching the, I think, it was the Col, I think it was the Colts game. No, it was the Patriots game. It was the Patriots game. I was watching that game back, and we we're on a post route down the middle of the field and with Julian Edelman. He's trying to split like a bracket coverage. And, and Vernon Hargraves was kind of the low player, and the safety was the high player. And yet Vernon finds himself like skying for the football. I'm like, we haven't seen a defensive back do that in a while now he wasn't able to come up with it It would have been a great catch but just the fact that he got his hands on the ball like wow okay Hmm. i i liked it those are the kind of players that you'd like to be able to have back there guys with ball skills that if a quarterback does make a mistake we got a guy back there that's got ball skills go find a football go do something with it and i think getting to plus two is going to be easier when you have players like that of course jj becomes a big factor in that as well
1: all right even though the texans won their playoff game in overtime. Those play, those overtime rules kind of scare me. Because
0: yeah, yeah, I was terrified the whole overtime. You still, I mean,
1: I think it's an improvement where you, you got to score a touchdown to, to end, like yeah. for it to be sudden death. I think that's better, but I still think it's rough because we saw it a year ago. Mahomes, they never got to touch the ball because Brady and the Pats, and yeah, the AFC title AFC game, scored the touchdown. The US, or excuse me, the the uh, XFL mm-hmm. has a awesome overtime rule. I love it. It's also it's almost like a shootout in yeah. soccer, but. There's action. Right. Know, it's not just a one-on-one. It's it's an eleven-on-eleven. The bet the first team with like to get the best of five shots at the goal wins. Yep. I love that aspect. That that's the the most souped-up overtime uh, version in any sport. I think that's the best. I'm all for it. I want that in the NFL. Now it's not going to happen anytime soon. I don't think, but I will be interested to say. And I talked about this with Mark Vandermeer on the uh, radio last week. I will find it interesting to see if any of these these rules that we've seen yeah. in place in the in the XFL get discussed at the next owners meeting you know by the rules committee because yeah. surely they're they're watching surely they're noticing and surely they're seeing some things that might be enticing to them yeah. here in the NFL I love that overtime rule. Give so, it to me. Let's let's make it happen.
0: Yeah. So for people that, that don't know what Drew's talking about, it's it literally is like a soccer style shootout. You get five opportunities. Like you're from you're, the, the offense lines up from the five mm-hmm. or a ten from the five, right? Inside, yeah, it's like the. five. I think it's yeah. from the five, and you, offense runs a play, tries to get in the end zone. If defense stops them, well, obviously there's no points. Just so, it's like a penalty shootout in soccer. So then, then the, they flip. Yeah, the defense. And they they play flip back. Their flip their back and they, they do it until one team mathematically has the advantage, and if it gets all the way through five rounds and they're still tied, then they do a one-v-one one sort of thing. At mm-hmm. that point, it becomes sudden death. I I actually like the <laughs> – this is not going to surprise too many people that know me. I like the, the one, two, and three-point conversions. The variety. I there. like those. The one from the one, the two from the three, and the three-point is from the ten, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it goes. I like that. I like – I like the fact that you can be in the game down two scores, down 18 points. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to score three. I, I've, people know that I'm not the biggest fan of kickers. I've never loved kickers. I just assume do away with it. And that's the other one that I w- I wouldn't mind seeing because it becomes sort of it becomes really interesting to me what you can do with the kickoffs. Oh yeah. yeah. And if you haven't seen it, when the kickoff the 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 kicker kicks the ball from the 30. But the the two lines, the two kickoff lines, are way down the field. Mm-hmm. And so when the returner catches it, I think there's three seconds before those lines can move. But there's so much that you can actually do. You could run an offensive play. You could have an offensive play. You could trap block. You could zone block. You could, there's all different kinds of things you could do with that kickoff. I don't know. That might be a little radical. But to me, the one, the two, and the three, I I like that. Just giving the teams opportunities to get back in the game. Down nine, you're down not Oh man, in in the NFL, that's a kind of magic number. You get to nine points ahead, you're like, okay, that's two scores. That's where you want to be late in the game. You get down nine, eh, you still got a shot.
1: Next time I see Tracy Smith or uh Brad seeley I'm gonna ask them what they thought of that. Because yeah. those guys have been around. They've seen a lot of things. And I'll tell you the other thing I would they really good at what they do.
0: I'll be interested to see if the NFL uh opens up a little bit too, is which I think outside of the rules was maybe the most talked about thing, and that was the replay communication down to the field love that that replay communication with them talking about it and that having I mean I mean look I don't want to be on the sidelines doing and, and I know you don't in preseason walking up to somebody saying hey you missed that tackle what'd you do wrong like they did to that kicker who missed I don't want to I don't want to be that guy but the
1: accountability for the referees would be awesome because how how would that have gone in Baltimore this year after DeAndre Hopkins was being held, and then yeah. as he was being tackled in the right. end zone, and they had the gall to come back and say, "No, that wasn't right, pass right. interference." How the hell do you defend that? Right. I mean, I think that's that'd be perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean to hear, yeah, and and to me, maybe maybe it helps the referees too because in that situation, we all looked at it and went, "Well, how could you? How'd you not call interference? How could you not call interference?" And by they were going through the motions at that, that point; they weren't right. going to call anything. Well, how they? How they? Well. Why wouldn't, you rev- why wouldn't you overturn that via review? Well, the thing about it is it probably was interference, and the ref was probably saying, yeah, maybe it is interference. But, but because at that point reviews were supposed to be about egregious fouls and all that, who's to say? But well, maybe it helps the officials too in some sense because they got the call right. They got it wrong, but they got it wrong because of maybe something that review, um, you know, the way the review is or the rule is written, mm-hmm. you know, like the tuck rule. I. I think if you could hear them talking about it, you would realize it wasn't the refs' fault. It's fact that they've got this rule that's mm-hmm. there that they have to follow. So I, I don't know. I think that would be really compelling stuff to hear that during the game.
1: All right. So those are the rules we want to want to see different or adopted, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, now it's time to go way back because the USFL was the the biggest or most significant challenger to the NFL, obviously, other than the AFL, right. which those two merged. But the USFL was around for three seasons in the early '80s. There were some really good p- names that came out of there. Hall of Famers like Steve Young. Mm-hmm. And who could we put from the, uh, the USFL on a current team in his prime? And also, I forgot to mention Herschel Walker. Yep. Probably should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because of what he did in, in the USFL. But that's not who, I don't want either of those guys on my team. I mean, I take You want to go team. first? Go yeah, first. Yeah, I got to go. go first. Go first. Go first. What's this Texans team need? needs a pass rush. I know right? what you're going to do. Go who's ahead, the greatest, let's do it. Who's maybe the greatest defensive lineman ever? Maybe. Certainly in the conversation. I who's gotta, the
0: greatest uh, defensive lineman ever? Yeah. Oh, Ryan Big Grease Pickett.
1: He's really good. Yeah. I like I like Big Grease, but I'm going to go with Reggie White, who played oh, for the Memphis yeah. Showboats back yeah, in the day. Good. Then he went on to be a, a Philadelphia Eagle, a Green Bay Packer. He was a holy terror in the strike-shortened season of 1987. He led the NFL in sacks. I think he had twenty sacks, and he missed four games. Give me Reggie White. Give me JJ White. That's JJ Watt's favorite player of all time. Can you imagine the havoc that those two would wreak on opposing offensive lines? Yeah, I want Reggie White. That's what I'm taking. Who Reggie you White's
0: get? pretty darn good. I have my options. Uh, I was looking at two different. I was looking at two different players. I, wanted to, I couldn't remember the USFL team. I knew he came from the USFL. I got two players. I'm going to let you pick which players, okay? All right. Three of the four, when the NFL, uh, when the USFL was going out of business, the NFL had a supplemental draft. Mm-hmm. Three of the first four were Hall of Famers. You mentioned Steve Young. Yep. You also just took Reggie White. Yep. Mike Rozier was one of those.
1: Former Oiler, yeah. He was a Heisman Trophy winner the in The fourth
0: was the third Hall of Famer. Do you remember who it is? Uh, it was, was it linebacker, guard no. Gary Zimmerman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was he played really good. played for the LA Express. He mm-hmm. ended up going to the Denver Broncos, and he played with the Broncos uh, in, during their zone-blocking run mm-hmm. in the mid to late 90s. Phenomenal guard. So that's one of your options, okay? Okay. Here's your other option. He played at the University of Michigan, then he ended up with the Michigan Panthers and, I believe, the Oakland Invaders. His name was Anthony Carter. Wound up with the Vikings after that. And had one of the great playoff games of all time against the Vikings in a huge upset 1987 season. Pretty damn good on Tecmo Bowl also. Very good, Tecmo Bowl, because I think Tecmo Bowl is 87, 88, Mm. somewhere in that range. So I give you those two options. You want guard Gary Zimmerman, or do you want the electric Anthony Carter? Which one Mm. would you take?
1: I guess I'd have to go for electricity, because I think your offensive line is good enough right now, Yeah, and your quarterback can... Wiggle out of some things, mm-hmm. and I saw what the Chiefs have done, as far as weapons and having an offense. So you're turning down?
0: Yeah, I am an NFL Hall of Fame yes.
1: interior lineman because I know I've got electricity to put out there with uh, with Hopkins, with Stills, with Fuller. Give me that.
0: Good lord. Let's do it. Holy smokes, Anthony Carter. Hammer down, Y-0. man. Let's <laughs> go. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. All no, right. no disrespect, Mr. Zimmerman, but uh, I, I love Anthony Carter, and I love the Michigan Panthers jerseys. Yeah, and I love the Oakland Invaders jerseys as well. Uh, but I would go Zimmerman. Okay, I would go Zimmerman. We'll agree Win with Biggs. Going with Biggs. Yeah, I guess maybe not. Maybe that. I think this offensive
1: anymore. line of the Texans though is going to be really good. No,
0: I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be tremendous. Mm-hmm. I think when we we sit down and we start looking at all the previews and uh, NFL writers start looking at it, they'll start like, oh, Texans could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. If, you, if they saw Titus Howard play and saw him and they're not just going on, oh, he's drafted It was such a surprise. No, it wasn't. Titus Howard's a really good football player, yeah. man. And you put him opposite Laramie with Max, Nick. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens with Zach at guard but I'd stick Gary Zimmerman right there at right guard and be ready to go. This XFL is
1: pretty interesting. Um, it's very similar to the USFL that we're talking about, but the USFL—the main difference was they were able to pluck in spots some guys who were finishing up college, had just finished college, yeah. and they—I mean—they just hammered them with money and got them to come to the XFL. So they're in spurts and in spots there were there were teams in the USFL that had future Pro Football Hall yeah. of Famers. I don't think you have that right now. You, you might have guys that might wiggle their career that way somehow, but these were, right. you had bona fide talent that chose the USFL right. over the XFL. Yeah. Not much. Because USFL, was, USFL was
0: paying some cash at that point to get some and, of those and it's high part of the profile reason, stars.
1: part of the reason it didn't last because
0: it wasn't right. financially sound. No, There's really. one other reason, but I don't want to talk
1: about that yeah. one. <laughs> There's a really good book by Jeff Perlman. He used to write yeah. for Sports Illustrated. He's written a bunch of books. It's about the USFL. It's uh, Football for a Buck. Check that book out. Hey, man. This was fun. That was we kind very of fun. covered a lot of different bases. Yeah, we did. We had some joy we at the did beginning a lot of things. it. And uh, we want to thank you all for watching it. Our friends on YouTube for checking us out. Let us know what you think. If you got any suggestions. If you have in the lab ideas, because we go off course, we go off this, the, the base and we talk about different things, holler at us. We'll listen. We might not do it, but we'll listen for sure. And for Tyler Marcott making this all happen, back behind the wall, over there. We need that guy on that wall. It's like, well, how's that scene from A Few Good Men? Yeah. We want him on that wall. We need him on that wall. That's right. It's Tyler Marco. Yeah. So long, friends. It's been In the Lab.